It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Charles Payne. I'm Martha McCallum, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. I'm John Saucier. China has been helping Russia by purchasing oil as this war on Ukraine continues, but they have also been keeping a very close eye on how this invasion has unfolded. All this is House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visits Taiwan, and the tension between America and the Chinese government is extremely high. Nothing would add to that diplomatic isolation any more than if China had been able to induce the United States for this visit not to take place. Uh, that would have been appeasement. And thankfully, the speaker went ahead with the visit. This is the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. It's been 25 years since an American politician as high-ranking as House Speaker Pelosi has visited Taiwan. China, they're not happy about it. But might things have been worse if she decided not to go? China was certainly factoring in how the United States, thanks to President Zelensky of Ukraine, was able to build a coalition of democracies, NATO members primarily, but not exclusively, who have really effectively enabled Ukraine to take the fight to Russia and and retain their independence. We're speaking today with Dan Hoffman, Fox News contributor and former CIA chief of station. China has certainly taken quite a few tactical lessons from that. Uh, but this incident that we're uh, witnessing at the moment uh, related to Speaker Pelosi's visit to, to, to Taiwan, I think, has a lot more to do uh, with the Biden administration uh, and China focusing on trying to probe the administration just to see how serious President Biden is about standing up for Taiwan. China has long tried and been very effective at diplomatically isolating Taiwan. And nothing would add to that diplomatic isolation any more than if China had been able uh, to induce the United States not for, for this visit not to take place. Uh, that would have been appeasement. And thankfully, the speaker went ahead with the visit, but it you know, that the, the Biden White House was not in favor of it. And uh, that's a rare bit of open uh, disagreement that uh, certainly does does no good for our nation's security. Absolutely, especially with two major players here, the president and the speaker of the House, both in the Democratic Party there. So if Pelosi did go to Taiwan, as we know, what do you think China is going to do? I mean, they've had some really tough rhetoric going into this on what they said they would do. Is there anything that China is going to do? I mean, we heard about fighter jets and potential warning shots all throughout the week. Do you think that was all bluster or does China have a card to play here? Uh, China has a lot of cards to play for sure. And it'll be over to our intelligence community to collect on indications and warning of how China might respond. Certainly they can up the military pressure uh, with with more incursions into Taiwan's air defense zone. They can also uh, make Taiwan pay economically if they choose to. Taiwan has a, a very strong economy, but, but quite a bit of it is tied to, uh, to China. And so the Chinese could, could certainly pressure Taiwan in that way. They could um, 
they could certainly seek to pressure the United States as, as well. I mean, the Chinese rhetoric before this visit was quite uh, bellicose. You know, they, they said the United States would be playing with fire. They threatened uh, in their state-controlled media to, to shoot down the aircraft. I mean, that's going quite far. Uh, and I'm quite sure that, that, that the Biden administration senior officials are engaged in, in back-channel discussions with their communist Chinese uh, counterparts to try to dial down the tension here uh, and avoid any miscalculations, which could lead to uh, tragedy that we'd all like to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. We don't want to see the United States and China get into it, obviously. But the United States also wants to protect Taiwan's independence. We've heard a few different takes about that. Most recently, Fox News contributor General Jack Keane, he believes that an invasion of Taiwan from China could happen in the next three years. How do you feel about that? Is China ready to invade Taiwan? We know they want to, but can they actually pull it off in the near future? Well, they definitely have made it clear, uh, Xi Jinping has made it clear that, that Taiwan is simply a breakaway province and needs to be reunited uh, with communist mainland China, even though communist mainland China has never ruled Taiwan. And uh, Taiwan is, is not technically de jure independent, but de facto they are. Uh, and the United States, the challenge for the United States is that we've got this I think outdated policy of strategic ambiguity. Three times, you know, in the past few months, President Biden has said that the United States would come to Taiwan's assistance if China invaded. And each time his own senior officials had to walk back those statements. So, you know, strategic ambiguity is not gonna is not gonna cut it here. I think we need to be more direct about support to Taiwan in the event that China invades. It doesn't mean we need to deploy troops, it just means we need to do what we've done for Ukraine, because we've got to make it clear to China and we haven't yet, by the way, that an invasion of Taiwan would be prohibitively costly in terms of spilled communist Chinese blood and treasure. We haven't done that. You don't think that you don't think the Pelosi trip to Taiwan does that doesn't send a strong enough message? I mean, we are sending one of our top leaders there, despite China not wanting us to. That's 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 China owning the narrative, because this is a fairly small thing, I think, to send the Speaker of the House to China to Taiwan. Uh, I, I'm talking about making sure that Taiwan has the right uh, defensive capabilities, you know, more javelins, more stingers, more um, more mines that they can deploy and things like that. And a commitment from the region uh, in and well as the United States to come to Taiwan's defense in, in some form or fashion it doesn't have to be specific about how we, we haven't done that. And I think uh, it's about high time that we do it. The last thing we want is for China uh, to take over Taiwan, uh, as they did Hong Kong, that would have grave implications for our uh, national security in the region. And China would subsume Taiwan's vibrant economy, including their semiconductor industry, which powers everything in our country from smartphones to to, to those electric vehicles. Uh, so we, you know, we've got to deter China. And I think that, that is very much a work in progress. And if, again, if we had allowed China to deny us the visit, look, no Chinese have China should never be in a position to tell the United States who should travel and where they should travel. That's just uh, that we shouldn't allow that, should never allow that. We've got Dan Hoffman on the line today, and you'll want to hear what he has to say. He was in the CIA, an agency which just conducted a successful drone strike against an al-Qaeda terrorist in Afghanistan. We'll get more details on that next. 
You spoke specifically about a number of weapons there, Dan. I want to talk about weapons as well, specifically Hellfire missiles that were shot out of a CIA drone by the United States, obviously, and took out the leader of Al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. This didn't just happen out in the mountainous region of Afghanistan and a farm in the middle of nowhere. We're talking about in their capital city of Kabul in what's being reported as a nice area of the city, too. What does it take for a CIA drone to get that far into Afghanistan and execute something like this? Well, it takes sources of intelligence first. This is an intelligence challenge uh, to find, fix, uh, and then finish uh, a, a terrorist target like Zawahiri. But, you know, I would just caution everyone. Yes, we should be grateful for this very important counterterrorism operation. But Al-Qaeda enjoys the same sort of safe haven in, in Afghanistan as they did before 9-11. And, and history has shown they're going to use that to plot and plan attacks against us. Um, there's a growing number of Al-Qaeda fighters in Afghanistan, as well as ISIS, Afghanistan is a petri dish, growing threats to our national security is more of a clear and present danger today, I'm sorry to say, than it ever has been, in spite of the fact that we took out Zawahiri. And keep in mind, that's one strike in a year. Um, And it's not an over-the-horizon strike. There's no such thing as over-the-horizon. That's stuff you can't see. This was the the, the painstaking work that, that the intelligence community did to find the target and then launch the right attack, which avoided any any civilian uh, casualties. But I would be very wary of saying that we could do this again and again and again enough to uh, degrade or eliminate those those terrorist networks, growing terrorist networks in Afghanistan, which threaten us. And keep in mind, too, that that Zawahiri was in in that Kabul suburb used to be the diplomatic space uh, for diplomatic housing in in Afghanistan and in Kabul. Uh, He was there. Uh, with full support from the Haqqani network, uh, that notorious um, terrorist network, uh, part of the Taliban, the leader of the Haqqani work, Sirajuddin Haqqani, is their act, the Taliban's acting minister of interior. And the Haqqanis have a long uh, historical relationship with, with al-Qaeda, and it continues to be uh, something that, that we're extraordinarily concerned about in the U.S. So my, you know, I think my joy over this, over this counterterrorism success is tempered a bit by the fact that Afghanistan is is still such a, a, a significant threat to our national security. So you don't think this strike is going to be enough of a deterrent to stop potential terrorists in the future from training and maybe operating something in Afghanistan? There's never been a deterrent to al-Qaeda. The only option is to remove them from the battlefield. That's what we've done. Uh, and, and we have mounted a lot of these counterterrorism operations over the past you know, 20 years. In recent memory, you know, you'll recall the Trump administration, during the Trump administration, uh, we were able to target successfully bin Laden's son, Hamza bin Laden, and a, and a bomb maker, a Siri, who was uh, part of Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Uh, and, you know, he was putting bombs inside uh, people's bodies. Very difficult to detect that. That might have been one of the most important strikes we ever took uh, in, in the history of our counterterrorism operations. So, Look, I can promise you that that our intelligence community, the CIA in particular, they were out there um, working on the next target even before the Taliban had finished cleaning up the debris in that downtown apartment where Zawahiri had been living and escorting Zawahiri's family from the scene. And we're glad they're there, and we're glad for people like you, Dan Hoffman, Fox News contributor, former CIA chief of station. Thanks for taking the time, and give us some fresh takes on a number of international affairs going on. And thanks for being with us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. 
Hey, thanks a lot. It's, uh, I always appreciate the opportunity to chat on, on the, the important national security issues of the day. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.